Buongiorno and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy in international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tecum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of the Global Podcast, we're going to revisit our previous discussion around sustainable development in Italy and ask ourselves, is it still possible? As covered back in episode 32, Italy has faced an economic crisis which, according to the Financial Times, has seen 1.4 million Italians move abroad since the break of the crisis, a trend that has increased by 3.5% per year, resulting in a steady brain drain of Italy's most talented professionals. For a country with a history of producing some of the world's finest artists, scientists, and businessmen, this is definitely having an effect on the potential sustainable outcome for the country. With such a circumstance, it's investment on entrepreneurship and education that have the real potential for sustainable impact in leading towards Italy's recovery. Joining us on today's conversation to discuss these two key themes, we will be asking with two key actors working respectively to address just that. We have Daniele Abate, Public Funded Projects Manager at HFARM, based in Treviso, that brings together investment, businesses, consultancy, and digital augmented educational programs all into one place to be able to foster an innovation center in Europe. Daniele himself joined HFARM back in 2016 and previously worked with the European Parliament and Google and will be discussing more around the work of HFARM and entrepreneurship in Italy. In addition, we have Andrea Passorelli, CEO of Teach for Italy, or Insegnare per Italia, which is an Italian non-profit organization working towards the vision that all children and young people in Italy can obtain an excellent education and actively shape their own future, and is part of the Teach for All network. Andrea himself has significant experience in sustainable development, having worked for the UN's development agency, UNDP, in both China and West Africa, and will be focusing on the educational needs of Italy. So, gentlemen, without further ado, welcome to the Global Podcast. We have a lot of pleasure to have you here, and we're happy to have you here. Grazie, Gesù. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, as is customary, and as I'm a New Yorker as well, and I'm quite blunt and to the point, before we get to the nitty-gritty, let's take a look really at the current picture of Italy, which I feel outside of Europe, not many people really have an understanding of what the actual situation really is and how it's uh, hindering the progress of Italy. I mean, again, we're talking about slow economic development and an unemployment rate that was about 32.7%, which was the third highest recorded uh, for the EU28 after Greece and Spain, according to Eurostat. So we, we know for a fact that to have real and true impact and development, education, entrepreneurship are keys to help stimulate a sustainable future for the country, especially in promoting a long-term investment for potential citizens. So uh, let's start with the first question. Where is Italy's current gaps and where is it currently lacking when it comes to entrepreneurship, education? Andrea, let's start with you. 
Well, when it comes to education, um, I would say on the surface, Italy has everything that a country could hope for um, because uh, it starts from having a universal, a strong universal education system that is free for every citizen. And this is a legacy of smart policies done in the 1950s and 1960s when um, the priority was really to get mostly an illiterate and farm-based population um, to basic levels of education and into modern jobs. But the problem today, however, that is that the education system is still universal, but I would say the biggest problem is uh, equality. So it's not, it's not an equal system. Um, and the education system has stopped playing the most important role that it should play in every country, which is breaking down those structural inequalities that exist in society. So I'll give you one data for all. So today in Italy, for every 100 kids who start school today uh, and come from parents with a university degree, only 76 of them um, uh, 76 of them will actually get to university, while for every 100 kids who come from parents who don't have a university degree, only 10 of those kids will actually get to university. So this is this is kind of a window into the inequality of the um, Italian education system, which has basically stopped contrasting uh, inequity in society, and it's simply certifying, it's simply uh, furthering this, in, uh, this inequity. And this is what we want to uh, try to reverse, uh, slowly starting from the most underserved schools here in Italy. And this also has, I think, another, um, uh, it's connected to another problem, which is more related to entrepreneurship, which, uh, of course, um, uh, Daniela can speak more uh, uh, about. And the system is um, here, I think, is also designed to not create young people who believe in themselves, who believe that in their potential to change things, um, to take the situation in their own hands and to actually affect change uh, in, you know, firsthand. Um, but depending on the city, the neighborhood, the family you come from and the type of school that you end up attending, uh, your future is more or less predicted um, and we need to change this. Precisely. And, and going into Daniel and for that aspect, to talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, again, Italy is a country which has produced historically uh, a vast amount of, of talent. And of course, the exodus of Italians leaving the country and starting businesses, whether in London or New York or God knows where, is of course hindering. What, where is Italy lacking when it comes to really fostering entrepreneurship in the country at present? I think that mm, the... I totally agree with what Andrea said, and I think that the real problem is to give young people possibilities to test uh, their skills, uh, their abilities, and to give them the chance uh, to really um, try to do something, something different. We are too much linked to the idea to find a, a, a job and then stay there for the rest of your life. This is the main concern of um, nowadays people in Italy. And that's uh, completely the, the, the wall that we are building up to stop people trying to uh, see new possibilities, new way of entrepreneurship. A new ways of entrepreneurship. And in that sense, and of course, we know very well with Italy being a country which is very much reminded of its past persistently. We also know as well, of all of us in, in this podcast, us being Italians, Italy can also be a little bit too rooted in its history and sometimes look more to the past instead of looking to the future and sometimes not looking in, in what can happen. What what is Italy doing at present that is having a real negative effect on the innovation and entrepreneurial potential of the country? Is there any particular example you can give? I think that um, we have to to think that the, the, the public uh, um, funded project, so the idea of the possibility to, to do something 
through the help of the state is is very important to give the uh, um, the right uh, and potential uh, room to these uh, activities. The fact is that uh, with the continuous crisis that we are living in, so there, there is a lack of uh, a vision and continuity in the um, public uh, um, governmental uh, politics. And uh, this is very dangerous for the abilities that can be developed uh, in, the, in, in the long-term uh, vision. And so the, the, the idea of create uh, a real uh, entrepreneurship um, space. Um, I totally agree. And I, I would add there's two levels here. One is a really um, a political dimension or a policy, uh, just completely wrong policy priorities. If you look at uh, the last uh, three governments, um, so without, you know, which were from very different factions um, uh, and very different political parties, uh, then uh, the number of money, the, the amount of money and the number of policies that were implemented looking at uh, pensioners or focusing uh, on um, uh, you know, quote unquote, older people um, and uh, the welfare state targeting, you know, older people, Italy being essentially an aging, we all know that Italy is a fast aging country with a fast aging population, uh, totally outnumbered the policies, the interests, the focus and the money that is spent on young people and on innovation. Just recently, there was a, a, an extremely costly um, uh, reform, pension reform that basically cost the country, I think, 30 billion euros or will cost the country 30 billion euros uh, from here to 2025, um, exclusively to allow, uh, uh, you know, older people to retire three years earlier. Uh, and those 30 billion euros could have been invested, of course, on young people and on entrepreneurship and on social innovation. So one is, I think, um, a completely misguided focus on where sometimes the votes come from, which in, in an aging countries, of course, you know, uh, older people. Another thing is more, more administrative, and it's the, the inability of the Italian system to reform itself and to really see uh, um, that, uh, you know, an easier way of actually uh, creating businesses, even social businesses, uh, would make a huge difference. So in Italy, to really start a non-profit, to start a social uh, entrepreneurship, um, you know, organization uh, is extremely difficult um, administratively. You have to go through hoops and jumps of 100 different administrative and bureaucratic procedures. Uh, you have to have, uh, you know, a, a lot of really uh, small details and really it's the it's a, it's a high bar uh, for anybody. So it's not like, it's not as easy. I, I would say the, uh, the ecosystem uh, that uh, would support social entrepreneurship is kind of, uh, um, um, is unable to start because the state is not helping uh, uh, people actually form these type of organizations. So basically there's the political will, which seems to be absent in that sense to basically foster the environment that would allow startups to develop accordingly, NGOs to be able to thrive as they should thrive, uh, and so forth, and thus allowing those to the majority of Italians to leave the country in, in hopes for a more easier access in this case, if I understood correctly. Yes, there's both, I, I would say. Which, which is clearly problematic. And in that sense, if one has a political system which isn't as invested or uh, seems in regard or that hasn't have the will towards changing that, there are also other dynamics which change, which, which allows me to go actually back into education in this aspect because if we look at Italy as well too uh, given that the fact that there's a lack of opportunities particularly in Italy job-wise and of course these difficult dynamics many 
many youths are actually leaving school early. And according to a recent OECD report, Italy has a school-to-work transition that is particularly different, uh, difficult, uh, especially if we look at the south from Naples and Sicily and onwards, with about 14% leaving right after secondary school or, or after doing terza media. So uh, maybe back, sticking this back to this question to Andrea, how damaging could this be in regards to the development of Italy as a whole when you have a potential generation uh, basically not continuing their studies? Of course, you know, high school isn't obligatory, but still, how detrimental could that be? It's extremely detrimental. I would say it's a, it's a real crisis because we are essentially losing uh, an entire generation. And we have been doing that for the last two generations. So we've seen this. Um, I mean, this is something that we've seen since, I think, the 1990s, late 1990s. The problem is that the economic crisis, the recent economic crisis of 2008 and the austerity that followed, um, I think, have contributed to make this worse. I mean, they've contributed, first of all, to increase inequality substantially in Italy, and that has impacted the education system as well, um, especially at a time when, you know, even demography is not on our side. Uh, as I mentioned before, Italy is a fast uh, aging country and, uh, uh, you know, births, uh, new births every year are becoming lower and lower. Uh, I mean, we really cannot afford to, use a new, to lose a new generation. So uh, it's true, as you mentioned, Italy has one of the highest rates of early school dropout in the developed world. Um, there are some regions like Sardinia, for example, Example, uh, where we really are the record breaker globally in terms of early school school dropout, which is uh, um, you know worryingly enough. But the most worrying thing is that most of these young people who drop out of school uh, leave school for no real opportunities. While in the north of Europe um, there are countries that have high school dropout rates, um, the people who leave school leave school to find a job. In Italy, high unemployment and no economic growth for the last 15 years basically means that these people, uh, these young people, get out of school and you find them with 10, sometimes even 15 years after leaving school that are not in employment, not in education and not, not in training, the so-called need. Uh, and uh, in fact, Italy has the highest rates of need in the world after Greece. So um, what we need is we need a concerted effort uh, from the government, of course, uh, we need government governmental programs uh, like they exist in, in a lot of North, Northern Europe that will focus on making sure that at least these young people get into training or get into furthering education or at least get into training that leads them to a job, which right now, uh, you know, a, a number of governments have tried to set up, but uh, we're far away from, from where we should be. Um, and we need, a, you know, a real realization from the private sector, and I would say from the social innovation world, that this is a real crisis and that we need to focus on our young people and not wasting uh, this amazing uh, energy and this amazing potential uh, that, as you said at the beginning, I mean, we are the country of uh, Michelangelo and Donatello and like incredible talent and incredible, uh, um, you know, history. Uh, we need to start looking at the future and not just looking at the past. Yeah, precisely. Daniele, what about, about you? I know also at H Farm, there, as, uh, there's, a, there's a focus as well on education in that sense and, and linking with innovation. How is this particularly hindering when it comes to education being a tool for entrepreneurship? We strongly believe in education and uh, we are investing a lot uh, in this field. Actually, at the moment, we are building a, a new campus uh, where exactly uh, all these uh, elements will be bring together because this new campus here in H Farm will be where the uh, high school um, university courses, um, reskilling courses, uh, 
startups, ecosystem, and uh, industries that we are dealing with will be all together in the same place. Because still now, I think that in Italy, something missing is a bridge between the, 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 the industry and the educational side. Uh, today, what I see is that the university, uh, for, for instance, they are, there is a very much a lack of dialogue between uh, university and uh, industry. Um, because university is looking at the companies and in industries as a something like uh, like a, I, I won't say an enemy, but something very different, very far from the uh, cultural world that they are living in. And uh, on the contrary, um, companies have um, a lot of difficulties to talk with the university because the the the, the speed that you uh, you need for decisions in a company is much different from the university university world. So what we are trying to do is to, to try to, to get a real uh, place where all together young people, um, school, uh, university and companies can really deal with some profit. Because what I think is that if you um, very easily sit down and have a lunch together in a place where all these people are, are, are doing their, their, their stuff, I think that there will be much more profit than just uh, some conferences uh, that are organizing uh, in, a, in a different places. Um, what I want to say is that also the, the startup world is something very important to, to be um, as an, an example for students to see that um, you have the possibility to uh, build yourself something different. It's not necessary that you just uh, trying to get a degree and then go out and find a job in a, in a large company. Uh, the fact is that you can be the entrepreneur uh, yourself and be yourself that you are, are going to build that, that company. So. I think that what we really need um, is something like these places where all these people can uh, live and work together. I completely, that's a, and I'm so happy you said it that way as well too in regards to the importance of startups and in regards to if the job's not there, make it yourself because it, it, there's a very good uh, mantra that, that is in New York, which is if, if no one's hiring you, just hire yourself. And that is the important thing. If the jobs aren't there, it's up to you to create it. Which leads me then to my next question, because I would like to hear more about the work H Farm is doing, because you guys are doing absolutely fantastic work when it comes to entrepreneurship and innovation uh, and really stimulating uh, for Italy. So tying into the work of H Farm, I would and, and touching back on what you were talking about uh, startups, what role can startups and entrepreneurship have in really fostering greater sustainable development in Italy? Uh, how can it really help stimulate it? And then, of course, how is H-Farm uh, going to be you know, helping to foster this? Because, of course, you mentioned the wonderful H-Farm campus that has been created. What other activities have been going on to really get the public and also uh, high stakeholders to understand that importance? I think that it's a basic um, concept of the circular economy that uh, what Sometimes uh, it's not that you need to uh, find an exceptional solution by yourself, but sometimes just you just need to go and see around. There are people that may, maybe are trying to find 
have already find, found a, a solution for that. What I think is that we don't have to think about this just uh, from a technological point of view. This is this can be applied to any 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 field. So the social innovation is uh, a possibility that is already there, but through solutions that are already there, in the sense that at the end, if you think about uh, uh, um, the, the, some of the um, practices that are uh, usually applied in the startup uh, system, is uh, something that you can uh, apply to any other field. So you can find solutions to any of the possible problems that you are facing right now. Uh, what, what I think is that in Italy at the moment, the, the real problem is that we are just uh, um, not giving the, um, the real possibility to people that have uh, a different vision to believe on, on that and to see that that's a real possibility. Um, what we do here in HCLAM, the first thing is just to try to give you all the possibilities to really uh, see if that dream is possible. Maybe you can fail, but failing failure is not a problem because failure you can learn from failures and so build something different and find out a new um, solution. Exactly. You only fail when you give up, and that's uh, and that's that's an important thing to keep in mind in that sense. Uh, and thank you very much for explaining that. Turning really quick back into education in that sense, you know, Andrea, the work for Teacher for Italy is quite gigantic in regards to getting Italian youths to believe in the potential of education when there seems to be such little professional prospect post studies, and where suddenly the norm now in Italy has become after you go to school, you're going to leave the country to get a job. Um, and then for many, what is the purpose of simply going to school? Uh, and as one knows, an uneducated population condemns a country's future. So where is Teach for Italy when it comes to working to bridge this gap? It would be good to hear some of the work that, that is intended to be done. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so Teach for Italy, as you kind of mentioned in your question, kind of works across uh, uh, all the challenges that you kind of highlighted. I would say that in terms of uh, sustainable development, to connect to, to what Daniela was saying before, um, we work um, using like the language of sustainable the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, um, to kind of simplify it. We, I would say that we work on SDG 4, um, so ensuring quality education for all. Of course, that's our main goal. But we also work <clears throat> mostly on SDG 17, which is creating those partnerships that are essential for sustainable development to actually happen um, globally and, as, and, of course, in our case, specifically in Italy. In fact, we believe that um, everything will only change the moment that we have enough people that recognize that unless we fight educational inequities and we fix the education system uh, to make it work for all, uh, and unless enough people come together to, to do that, society will always remain unequal. So we focus on that leadership. Uh, the core of our work is really to create uh, a strong enough network of future Italian leader, leaders, so young people today who are exposed to this, to what we believe is the most uh, important challenge in Italy right now. They're exposed to it, they leave it, they breathe it, they know, they start to, to realize how to fix it, and they decide to dedicate the entire, uh, their entire lives to fixing this problem. 
and how do we do that? So we um, go across the country uh, and we kind of follow the um, the Teach for All model. You mentioned at the beginning we are a partner of the Teach for All Global Network, which is an organization uh, that is present in 51 countries uh, globally. Actually, Italy will be the 50, 51st uh, partner of Teach for All. Um, it's a it's a model that has been implemented in all 50 countries. It's contextualized in each country, in each uh, depending, of course, on the differences in uh, the education system, in in society, cultural norms, etc. But essentially, we we go across the country and we find the best leaders, the best future leaders of the country, um, in the best universities, and we ask them to dedicate at least uh, at the beginning two years of their lives. Um, to go and teach, to become teachers in the most vulnerable, marginalized schools in the country. So we do a mapping of what are the school districts that are leaving uh, the highest percentage of kids behind, the school uh, districts that are uh, deeply broken, um, and we try to start from those. Um, so we insert these people for two years, of course, before they get into schools, they are trained uh, for uh, a few months, the summer before they're placed into the schools. And then we follow these, uh, these teachers for two years while they're in the classroom. So we provide them with a lot of support and training, not only to make sure, of course, that they will become the best possible teachers uh, in Italy uh, in those two years, but we give them a lot of training and career development, career and leadership development and support, because we want that in uh, during those two years, um, uh, they really develop their own leadership skills, their own leadership potential. So, uh, you know, in one go, essentially, we try to have a positive impact in that classroom, trying to turn around the educational opportunities uh, and abilities of kids in those classrooms, while we nurture the leadership skills of the teachers we're putting in those classrooms, so that at the end of the two years, they have a clear idea and a clear sense of what will they do for the rest of their lives to fix the problem of educational inequity in Italy. And we support them for many, many years to come, uh, making sure that they actually uh, actively do something about it. So uh, we hope that um, uh, globally we see that across the 51 members, uh, more or less 50% of the people who get into these schools decide to remain teachers. Uh, you know, they are they love the experience of teaching so much they decided to remain teachers. And of course, directly in that way, we've contributed new energies, new passion, uh, new talent uh, to public schools that, you know, with people that wouldn't have chosen teaching in the first place. Uh, but secondly, what we really do is we focus, we want to focus on that 50% of people that decide to move on. They teach for two years, maybe three or four years, and then they move on and they continue, they go on with their lives and their careers. And we want to focus with those people because we believe that those people can have the biggest impact longer term, fixing the education system in Italy from the outside. Um, so we hope that in 20 years, uh, we will have hundreds of people who've gone through the program, who have become lawyers, architects, engineers, politicians, policy experts, and are working in all sectors of the country, but they've been changed through the experience of teaching in the schools and they've been supported by Teach for Italy in a way that we will have a network of leaders ready uh, to work together to fix the education system. So that's what we do. And it's a heavy, heavy, heavy task at hand in that sense. And all I can think about during, as you've been mentioning that both you, Andrea, and also Daniele, in regards to the work you're doing, it's the fact that this is definitely leading to the potential hope 
uh, for Italy in the in the future in that sense. And, and given that theme of hope, I want to end with the final question, which is, I guess one can say a bit philosophical, but good to get your insights. We've heard about the work you're doing. We know very well that there is a long way for Italy to go for sustainable development, but there's still hope. And in that sense, is there still hope for sustainable development in Italy via entrepreneurship and education? Or are we, are we in a way, walking on a thin line despite talking about these projects that you are working on? Yeah, but, um, first of all, I want to say that in my vision, uh, I'm not so, so that focused on Italy. I think that by now we should uh, overcome this idea of the national um, goal and national um, grew up uh, without thinking that we are part uh, of a global system. So that uh, I think that one of the problems today in Italy is, 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 is that, that we are too much focu focusing on our problem without having the real sense that we are just part of something bigger. And I think that the, the startup ecosystem is something that it's really clearly uh, demonstrating this because there is, when I think about a, a startup, I don't think about an Italian startup or a German or a US or whatever. I think about their idea and their solution so that mm, we should uh, um, overcome mm, the borders and uh, mm, giving us uh, uh, the possibility to see Italy playing in a larger field so that possibly we, we will uh, have a, a better future. Um, I guess that today also because of the all the problems with the, with the uh, natural ecosystem, we have to think globally. And uh, I think that one of the um, jobs that we are doing as a platform is that to give the possibility to our people to play in a larger field. And, I, and that's and that's a really good way to put it as well, too. You're right. Italy needs to think globally. Uh, in regards to being really part of the global solution, especially because startups, because startups are of a, a, a global enterprise in that sense. So it looks like in that sense, there could be hope if Italy puts itself on that trajectory on considering itself to be global and get on the bandwagon with that uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship. Andrea, I guess sending it is to you. Do you feel that there's hope for sustainable development in Italy via education or, or is it really uh, wishful thinking? Um, no, I'm <clears throat> I'm actually extremely hopeful, or, or I wouldn't do what I do, because um, you, you wouldn't be able <laughs> to get up every morning and actually work in this field if you don't think that, if you didn't think that you could change it. I do believe that with the right circumstances uh, and with enough people coming together, um, realizing that everything starts from the educational opportunities that we give to our kids, um, I think we can change the system. And uh, in a country like Italy. Um, uh, you know, where at least there is a strong uh, public education system where access is not an, uh, is not an issue. I think if you fix the, pro the, the way 
that the, the system works, I think you can have very quick results uh, and very deep results uh, pretty quickly. Um, I think our goal is to, um, a little bit like Daniele, I mean, yes, we focus on Italy and that's of course our goal, but um, but we also cannot ignore that we live in a globalized world, in a um, you know always more interconnected world. And so what we say is that we want uh, solutions and programs that are locally rooted, but globally informed. And this is one of the things that we, you know, that's one of the reasons why we joined the Teach for All network. I mean, we have 50 other examples of 50 organizations who are doing the same work we're doing in very different contexts. And we can learn a lot of lessons from them. And we can uh, basically uh, uh, learn the best methods to actually reach the most vulnerable, vulnerable and the least uh, uh, reachable populations in every one of our countries. Um, and as I said, I think the biggest, um, our biggest uh, goal is to create enough uh, future leaders now that start thinking now about what it is that we need to fix in the educational system. And I think in 15, 20 years, we'll start seeing a real impact. Well, hopefully, hopefully that really comes to that sense. And, and even I'm quite optimistic on the potential of Italy, but it really depends on a lot of forces getting together and hearing all of your projects and your discussions and your thoughts are really stimulating that idea that yes there is very much that possibility so gentlemen it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the global podcast and really uh, a delight to see what could potentially happen in italy thanks to the work you're doing so thank you for joining us today thank you that brings us to the end of this edition of the global podcast i'm jesu antonio Baez. Director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www.paxtechandglobal.org. That's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of Pax on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, Please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. Join us next week for another edition, and until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!